When Jesus said, love your enemies, he was also telling us how to improve our looks. I know people, and so do you, whose faces have been wrinkled and hardened by hate and disfigured by resentment. All the cosmetic surgery in Christendom won't improve their looks, half so much as would a heart full of forgiveness, tenderness, and love. Hatred destroys our ability to enjoy even our food. The Bible puts it this way, Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Wouldn't our enemies rub their hands with glee if they knew that our hate for them was exhausting us, making us tired and nervous, ruining our looks, giving us hard trouble, and probably shortening our lives? Even if we can't love our enemies, let's at least love ourselves. Let's love ourselves so much that we won't permit our enemies to control our happiness, our health, and our looks. As Shakespeare put it, Heat not a furnace for your foes so hot that it do singe yourself. When Jesus said that we should forgive our enemies, 70 times 7, he was also preaching sound business. For example, I have before me, as I write a letter, I received from George Rona of Uppsala, Sweden. For years, George Rona was an attorney in Vienna, but during the Second World War, he fled to Sweden. He had no money, needed work badly. Since he could speak and write several languages, he hoped to get a position as correspondent for some firm engaged in importing or exporting. Most of the firms replied that they had no need of such services because of the war, but they would keep his name on file. And so on. One man, however, wrote George Rona a letter saying, What you imagine about my business is not true. You are both wrong and foolish. I do not need any correspondent. Even if I did need one, I wouldn't hire you because you can't even write good Swedish. Your letter is full of mistakes. When George Rona read that letter, he was as mad as Donald Duck. What did this Swede mean by telling him he couldn't write the language? Why, the letter that this Swede himself had written was full of mistakes. So George Rona wrote a letter that was calculated to burn this man up. Then, he paused. He said to himself, Wait a minute now. How do I know this man isn't right? I have studied Swedish, but it's not my native language. So maybe I do make mistakes. I don't know anything about If I do, then I certainly have to study harder if I ever hope to get a job. This man has possibly done me a favor, even though he didn't mean to. The mere fact that he expressed himself in disagreeable terms doesn't alter my debt to him. Therefore, I am going to write him and thank him for what he has done. So George Rona tore up the scorching letter he had already written and wrote another that said, It was kind of you to go to the trouble of writing to me, especially when you do not need a correspondent. I am sorry I was mistaken about your firm. The reason that I wrote you was that I made inquiry and your name was given me. As a leader in your field, I did not know I had made grammatical errors in my letter. I'm sorry and ashamed of myself. 
I will now apply myself more diligently to the study of the Swedish language and try to correct my mistakes. I want to thank you for helping me get started on the road to self-improvement. Within a few days, George Rona got a letter from this man asking Rona to come to see him. Rona went and got a job. George Rona discovered for himself that a soft answer turneth away wrath. We may not be saintly enough to love our enemies, but for the sake of our own health and happiness, let's at least forgive them and forget them. That is the smart thing to do. To be wronged or robbed, said Confucius, is nothing unless you continue to remember it. I once asked General Eisenhower's son, John, if his father ever nourished resentments. No, he replied. Dad never wastes a minute thinking about people he doesn't like. There is an old saying that a man is a fool who can't be angry. But a man is wise who won't be angry.